What's up, goats? Welcome to season two of Startup Hype Man's Goat to Market Show. I'm your host, Startup Hype Man founder and chief pitch artist, and of course I go by the name Raj Nation. This season we've got a special treat for you. If you haven't already heard, I officially dropped the album Goat to Market, the first ever hip-hop album about you, founders, and about the life, startup life. Goat to Market is an eight-song concept album telling the story of a founder's journey from idea to capital raise. It's a story of struggle to success, getting up after being knocked down, breaking down in order to break out, and dealing with the doubt, distractions, and detours, and route to dominating and becoming, well, the GOAT. Now, a lot went into making this album, from the initial concepting, to the beat making, to the lyricism, to the overall storytelling, and someone who was instrumental in bringing it together was a man by the name Pablo Gonzalez. Pablo is the founder of Be The Stage, a company that specializes in creating digital word of mouth via streaming podcasts, interactive trade show boots to run podcasts live off the trade show floor, online content, and so much more. And Pablo has become a good friend of mine over the last couple of years, and I decided to make him the creative director for the album. So think of his role almost as my creativity consultant, helping me get out of my head, helping me figure out the album's story arc, working with our producer. He even makes an appearance on one of the tracks. For this season of the GTM show, instead of me interviewing other guests, I'm actually the one being interviewed by Pablo. We talk about the album, the concepts and themes, the behind the lyrics, you know the deal. Listen, I put my heart and soul into this album, and this is my way of letting you inside my head. Haven't heard the album yet? Goat to Market is streaming everywhere. So if you're on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Tidal, or any other random network, just search Goat to Market or Raj Nation and get ready to be taken on a musical journey. And if you want to chat with me directly about the album or about anything you're going through with your startup, whether that's pitching, figuring out your go-to-market strategy or something else, Remember, I'm just a DM away if you join our online founder community, the Goat to Market Club, at startuphypeman.com slash gtm dash club. Without further ado, I give you season two of the GTM show, appropriately titled Making the Goat. So dry powder, huh? I'm not going to lie. When you first told me about this concept, I was like, well, what? Uh, and, <laughs> I, and then I heard the song and it quickly became one of my favorite rap songs of all time because it's amazing what what was going through your head when did this concept come in your head i've been listening to push a t a lot over the last couple of years especially last year because he back in 2022 he had the it's almost dry album and that was my most listened to album of the year and kind of thinking about the overall theme or just the overall vibe of this album being something that is it hyper relevant to the startup community yes but at the same time, I never wanted the sound of the songs or the content, quote unquote, to be so niche that no one else can pick up on it or understand it. I wanted it to have like mainstream listening appeal as well. Again, my litmus test is like my brother and my wife, who both work in medicine, being like, can they nod along to this stuff? So knowing that, that was the creative range I'm playing within and the fact that I was just listening to a lot of Pusha T... The dots just connected to be like, I need to make a song. And just I just think the, the analogy is just too perfect. In venture capital, they call it dry powder. And really, they mean as if you have a powder keg, you just need to light the match and the thing will blow. But it's just the perfect analogy to talk about the obsession, the addiction. And that's really what so many founders go through is this. It is an obsession and addiction to raising capital. 
for better or worse, but that's just what that's just what the scenario is. It just seemed to work out too perfectly to be like, all right, let's create a song called Dry Powder. And the funny thing is when I tell people the title, the track name, they immediately get it. They don't really like if, if they're in startups, they don't need an explanation of what does dry powder mean versus what am I making it mean? The second I say dry powder to another startup founder, they're like, oh, I, I bet I know what that's about. <laughs> I think it just worked, and I thought it could. I could pull this off in a way where you can make so many analogies to like the crack game and the rap game, but also the crack game to the rap game to the founder game, right? It's a lot of the same themes that come up for people. It's the grind, it's the hustle, it's the sweat, it's doing it to try and make it out of your current situation. There's all those themes ring true across the board in these three arenas, and to create a song like this is just to help highlight that point. And coming back to the mainstream appeal concept, like the, one of the things I've thought about in the entire creation of this album is how is it I can listen to Biggie or how is it I can listen to Pusha T? And I've never sold a drug in my life, but I feel like I can still listen to that music and follow along and relate to it in some way. And that's the same concept here, right? It's we're actually we're using drugs to be an analogy for raising capital. Like we're using like a, a, an addiction to drugs to be an analogy for an addiction to raising capital. But at the same time, anyone who's not in that game can and should be able to hear this and be like, "Oh, I fucks with that." Yeah, that was me, man. I've never raised capital. I don't come from the the same kind of startup world as you, but it is you mentioned Biggie. I would say this is your most Tupac song in this when it's you're just like really feeling the angst. You're really feeling this. I'm on this hand now that I did it once. Now I got to keep doing it. I got to keep getting that hit and I got to keep going up and down the coast. I think the other interesting thing about this track, just conceptually, is that when you came up with the concept of this track, was when we decided to go from five song mixtape to album and open the aperture a little bit and make this more of a, I guess, more of an album that, than a mixtape confined. It really loosened up the overall concept of the album, which I thought was really cool too. Yeah. And I think, and, and a lot of that's funny because a lot of this stuff just came from the timeline stretching out a little bit. Like, it's not like we, we, we I couldn't do this all within a month or two just because of other commitments. So the fact that there was just breathing room between track to track allowed me to be like, let's add this as a song. And then yeah. once I got the idea, I'm like, no, it's not. It's like non-negotiable. This has to happen. <laughs> it's cool, man. I, I'm addicted to this show called Warrior on Max. That's based on Bruce Lee's stories where it's like a late 1800s San Francisco. And it does something that, and it's awesome, by the way, but it, it does something that I think great shows do. When they have, uh, there's these shows that have a season, but every season has this one episode that's like its own story away from everything else. Hmm. And it feels like this one felt like that, right? Like it, it feels like you're on this journey of linear journey. And then there's this like one side episode that in and of itself, it's like its own little movie and its own little storyline. And it has its own thing and it feels unique. And yet it's 
super relevant to the whole thing. And I just thought it was, it was the sign of a great content creator that knows how to create a series of things that has its own. It's almost like going back to that world-making thing that we were talking about, right? Because you've created this world of the founder and you understand it so well, you know how to make the offshoot of it as well, which I like the moon as opposed to just the planet. That is really <laughs> That's a good, I appreciate that compliment. And that's, and you started that by saying you're in a different startup game than I am, but I personally have also never raised capital, but I've been around it a lot. So it's me being able to take the secondhand information that I've been gathering over the last more than half decade, right? Six, seven years and put a voice behind that with, with obviously some exaggeration in there for just comedic effort, but also to help stress the point and just make it something that's like fun. Because it, it's like a very serious sounding song, but at the same time, it's like kind of cheeky, right? <laughs> like with the references. Totally, totally, man. Which, so that that leads me right to the beginning of the song. I feel like the whole album has been pretty serious. And then all of a sudden you kick in with like, oh, ooh <laughs> <laughs> I think we can loop that in. <laughs> I, I don't know that one. I was just feeling the beat, and I was like, "Yeah, like I gotta throw this in here." And it, it's that it's like that fake sound of taking the hit and feeling the rush. If we think about the construct of this versus, let's say, something like Thankless, where obviously the vibe of Thankless is so much different, but in that hook, it's the Thankless hook is a lot more. It's just a more creative hook. I think there's different lines throughout. The first, like every time the chorus hits, the hook goes times two basically, but it's not repeating the same thing, right? It's a different words used the first half versus the second half, or even like Sincerely Yours, right? Every hook on the song is actually different slightly. This one, the hook is, it's the same two lines over and over again, right? It's dry powder, I'm trying to get the fast start, the heroin, but I don't show the track marks, dry powder. I'm trying to get the fast start. Heroin, and I don't show the track marks. Stripe powder. I'm trying to get the fast start. The heroin, but I don't show the track marks. And that's intentional. The second we had this beat made, I was like, one, I knew I wanted to make it a more repetitive beat. But then when we had the beat, or more repetitive lyrics, when we had the beat, I was like, now it aligns perfectly to do this. Because if you're in that state of obsession, you just feel like you're going in loops, right? And you don't feel like there's really any like escape from it. So there's really not as much room, if, like if you think about the scenario, for a person who's in that state of addiction and obsession, like they don't they don't have the ability to think so freely, or they don't have the ability to go outside boundaries, if you will. And so that's why that's really why the hook is just this thing that just like drones on and, and just hits over and over again. You know, and by the end of the song, we repeat that I think eight times over or something. And yeah. it's just those same words over and over again to help stress the point of this character being like caught up in and really trapped in this cycle that feels like it's never gonna end. That's so deep, man. Did did you think when you thought of this concept where you're just like, all right, then I need a simplified hook because it's got to be this like cycle and all these things. Like when does the depth of that thought come together for you when you're putting something like this? Because I just hear that and I'm like, this is a fucking banger. <laughs> <laughs> the hook, even, even ever like way before we ever had a beat for this, I want to say 
I actually remember this would have been, I think October of last year of 2022, I was at an event and I was telling someone there about the album overall. And I was like, and I got this idea for a song called dry powder. And here's just my idea for the hook. So even like I had it in my notes app, even, and you know, I don't even think we recorded this song until January of 23, but three months before I had that hook in mind and I knew that's where I wanted it to go just because I knew the theme of the song. And that's also why the, if you think about where you can go within a song, even the verses, right? The lyrics are intentionally not very complex in this song. Mm-hmm. There are some creative metaphors in there, but the rhyme patterns are nothing that's too out of control, like the way the NXT is, right? Or the way the intro is. It's more simplistic rhyme schemes. And that's also intentional because it helps stress the point of the person being like, Again, caught up and trapped in this cycle of searching, getting rejected, searching, getting rejected, and just being addicted to trying to find the hit, if you will. And I think if this, if you took this same song, the same beat, but you got like really creative with the rhyming structure, then I think it loses that essence and it doesn't hit the same way. I'm not saying it wouldn't be a good song. It could be. If I decided to rhyme fast on it, or if I decide a rap fast, or if I decided to go with really intricate internal rhyme plus external rhyme and go like really strong on the polysyllabic rhymes, I, th- I just think it would be, it wouldn't hit the same way or the way that I wanted it to. Cause then you're not really like nodding along as much to it and feeling almost like you're caught in that like drone state. Mm-hmm. Then you're more like, you, it's almost like, you're listening to it, but it's like when you see a fly in front of you and you're just, your eyes start following, where's the fly going to go? Is it going to land on me? That's not what I want people doing on this song. I want people just nodding along to the beat mm-hmm. and just being able to listen and take it in without having to think too much. But again, there is some of that wordplay that's there, but for the most part, you can just vibe with it. Yeah, totally, man. As you were nodding your head and, and doing that, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I do when I listen to the song. So then the first verse, it's basically all about Coke. Like there's there's very little, there's metaphors, right? But there's very little, there isn't a lot of business talk here, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. really describing a drug fiend here. Just like, yes, I'm a fiend. I'm a fiend. Itching in the sheets when I see it in my dreams. Broadway, I'm about to cause a scene. This ain't what they meant when they said to go lean. Lindsey Vaughn, Olympian and skiing. Zigzag a slope so I feel it in my teeth. Scarface, similar to Pacin. Think I'm going colorblind. Got the white looking green. Talk to me about setting it up as, did you think about setting it up as drug versus business or business versus drug to start? I think the, the key was I knew the first verse needed to just set the table, which is also why the first verse is only like eight bars, I think. The other two verses are 16s because I, I figure we open this song, we come out with a two bar hook and then we hit that short verse first and then get into the, the four bar or the eight bar hook really from there. Then it's like, all right, now we know what's going on. Let's really get into this shit. And even though it's really all about Coke in the first verse there, the idea is still there, right? If you yeah. are, if you can't get raising capital off your mind, it's something that like you really can't sleep at night. Right. So like you're itching in the sheets when you see it in your dreams. And the, there's a little bit of a wink in there in that 
Broadway, I'm about to cause a scene. This ain't what they meant when they said to go lean. That's actually that's a nod to a lean startup, right? That whole methodology of building the lean startup. But lean itself is also what is that? Like uh, codeine? It's a codeine cocktail. So there's a drug reference there. And then on top of that, if you are really addicted to hard drugs, you are you yourself become quite lean in your figure, right? Like you you're really skinny because you're not eating. So it hits in there, but more, but not as it's not overt because it's, it's because I want people to really think about like the crack game in this first verse to then set the table for like, all right, now here's where it's going in verse two. I caught the idea of losing weight. I did not catch the get my lean on thing. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's good, man. That's a good one. I didn't realize that. And I, obviously I got the lean startup part. Okay. So then we get into verse two and you're like, see me dealing the keys without an off night. I need that pure, pure, not that off white. Is, are you like, are you giving a nod to like sneaker culture there and, and like flipping that entrepreneurial game? Is that what you were thinking there? It's a few things. It, it's the, it's just like the gentle nod to sneaker culture. But what happens a lot, people get delts, like people buy Coke that's cut with something else. So now it's yeah. not pure anymore or whatever drug they're buying. It's cut with something yeah. else and it's not pure. Anymore. The funny thing about this song is I literally don't do drugs at all. <laughs> and here I am making a song about this, <laughs> but I've listened to enough hip hop. You listen to enough hip hop, you watch enough Scarface, right? Exactly. Like, I, it's almost either, right? But this is all part of the culture of all of this stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. So you have the sneaker culture, you have the, like the bad, you're buying like shitty drugs. But then also it's, if you think about if dealing the keys, which is kilos of Coke, but let's look at it in terms of money you're trying to raise, you're trying to get like the best, let's call it cosigner, but the best investor with the right terms, not someone who's going to F you over because they're like, oh, we'll give you money, but here's the term sheet you're getting and it's totally slanted in our favor and you're going to struggle as a result. So that's the idea there. So giving the keys to somebody else, right? Like it's if you're bringing in an investor, you are giving them the keys to the castle essentially is what you're saying there. Yeah, but it, yes, more so what I'm saying is just pure versus off-white. The pure would be, it's it's agreeable terms. The off-white is the, you know, you might be getting screwed on this deal. Yeah, got it. And then you go into one of your many wrestling metaphors, right? <laughs> yeah, there's actually a lot on this album. That shouldn't be surprising, but- if you Not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Rental car signature, say Dwayne Johnson, I'll take the rock anywhere. Wisconsin. Also, I carry the rock. Like if you're the running back and you're leading the team, you carry the, if yeah, you're yeah. an athlete, that's the star yeah. of the team. Basketball player, rock, give right? me the rock. Yeah. That yeah, kind yeah, of thing. yeah. Yeah. And then you hit on this kind of, this Brexit metaphor. You want to tell me about this one? Raw, take a new life form. Want to see your head split? I flip a brick and do a billy. That's a Brexit. This, this is my, my favorite ones. line in the whole song. <laughs> in this case, your brick of Coke would be like the little money you get invested into you. Or you could look at the brick as your product that you're literally like your software or whatever that you're going to sell to turn into money or get investment off of. And you just take that one small thing and you flip it into a billion dollars. And that's and then when you get to a billion dollars, now you actually exit as a company. So you take brick and you flip it to a billion dollars. Now it's brick and exit, which is Brexit. Yeah. So I like that that is actually my favorite line in the whole song. I just, I don't know. I was like, when I came up with that, I was like, yes, this works. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. It's, it's my favorite line in the song too. And then you go into another kind of elongated religious metaphor, man. I'm trying to fight the old 
vision just like Moses. This is the second time that you that you play a little bit around with religion. You want to tell me about that one? I want to clarify something too before it gets into the the Moses line, right? So it's the evidence is visible on your night clothing behind every closed door. It's white noses. That's a double meaning first. Sure. In the fact that if someone's been doing cocaine, their nose is white, right? And you usually do cocaine and behind closed doors, not out in the open. But at the same time, you have investor meetings behind closed doors, and the vast majority of investors are white people. Yeah. So it's I just keep running into these quote unquote white noses. It's both the drug thing and it's they literally are white noses because it's white people that I'm having to go to more often than not. And then we hit that. So the next line is, I'm trying to fight the ocean just like Moses. So this is a nod to the, in business, there's the blue ocean strategy or in category creation, there's the no ocean strategy. So we all know Moses parted the Red Sea. And what's interesting is like, there's the blue ocean or the red ocean strategy. Red ocean means there's so much competition that it's hard to get a foothold in. Blue ocean means you found a niche that doesn't have as much competition. And then no ocean is you're basically building an entire new, what would you call it? An entire new- like Designing a category. Yeah, exactly. So this works in a couple layers because he parted the Red Sea. You're trying to not get caught in a red ocean if you're running a business. And at the same time, like if you could think about parting, like Moses parting the sea, being him like fighting the ocean. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going for here is I'm fighting the ocean just like him. And also it's, you're hoping it's not a red ocean that you're in. Yeah. And there's also that ongoing theme of as an entrepreneur, you're always fighting against the current as well. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 There's that too. So then. Obey the code. Bow before these white roses. The commandment. Thou shall find a lit fuse. You will get to take a bow at the end of the day. People will throw roses at your feet. Um, but And then we continue the religious metaphor there where it's like the commandment. Thou shall find a lit fuse, right? So we know the Ten Commandments are all thou this, thou that. So this is, hey, this is the new commandment. And to be honest, when I first wrote these lyrics, I wanted this to, line to say, the new commandment, thou shall find a lit fuse. I just couldn't do it away where it would be on beat. And I even toyed with have it being new commandment, thou shall find a lit fuse. But it was, it always sounded weird in trying to like, in, in delivering it, even if it was on beat, it just didn't sound as good or clean. So the commandment, thou shall find a lit fuse. And then we go. In God we trust, all else are rich dudes. We're still carrying the religion metaphor, but in God we trust is what it's on our money, right? Yeah. It's what we say in all these different seals in the US. And that comes back to the notion that the majority of investors are men. So it's hey, we can say in God we trust, but for everything else, we have to trust in the rich dudes that they're gonna they're gonna get us the things we need. Yeah, I love that whole metaphor. But yeah, I and then I love how gangster you end on this thing. <laughs> Handle with care when you approach the powder keg. Last one that took a hit left without a leg. Now we we've established that powder, dry powder, it means more like powder keg. So this really is just the direct meaning aspect that hasn't really shown up in the song yet. But I wanted to establish it here. Now, if you were to get too close to a powder keg that explodes, it's reasonable that you could lose a leg, right, from the explosion. At the same time, the double meaning here is when you get investment from, from a VC, whatever, 
they are taking equity in your company, aka they are taking stake in your company. Another word for having stake is having a leg in it, right? Or if you think about a stake in a ground, that's also a leg in the ground. When you get too close to the powder keg, literally it could be an explosion where you lose a literal leg, but metaphorically, it's you get too close, you raise some money, and you've lost a quote unquote leg because you've lost some stake in your business. Hey, I hope you've been enjoying the conversation on making the goat thus far. We still have a whole lot more to dive into on this song in this episode. But before we go any further, I want to just pause and let you know about a partner who was instrumental in helping bring the album to life, a partner who's been instrumental on this podcast and supporting it, and just who's been overall a huge supporter of Startup Hype Man's overall goat-to-market platform. And that partner of ours is Akeva, and I want them to become your partner in software development. And if you do that, they're going to help you go from zero to one. Whether that's blockchain or no chain, Web3 or Web2, mobile apps or SaaS, Akeva builds it at startup speed and enterprise level refinement and class. That's why startups like Stride Health, Haveno, Olive Side, and so many more have trusted Akeva from their first dollar all the way up to their billion dollar valuation. And they're ready to help you become the goat to market. I've sent a bunch of startups Akeva's way. They've all been so grateful for the connection and they have a killer offer for you. It's called a You Call It Code Review. What does that mean? Akeva will review the most critical parts of your code so you can see exactly what your tech needs to launch or scale. And they'll do this completely free and then you call it from there. So you wanna handle things on your own? You call it. Wanna get Akeva's dev help? You call it. Wanna take it somewhere else? You call it. It's an unbeatable offer and like I said, they've been Startup Hype Man's partner in supporting the Goat to Market platform. They even get a shout out in one of the songs on the album and I want them to become your partner in software development. Ready to see if you qualify for a You Call It code review? Well, just fill out the inquiry form on their website at akava.io. That's A-K-A-V-A.io, akava.io and tell them Startup Hype Man sent you. Back now to the conversation. Awesome. Awesome. I, I didn't even, I didn't even make those connections. I thought it was, I thought it was a literal dry powder. And then for whatever reason, I see like a junkie having to get something amputated from too many things. So continuing with and the, that, with and the that, drug actually, metaphor. I too. forgot to say that. So that's yeah. also, it's actually, it's a triple meaning. Yeah. Uh, that, that part is there as well. Yeah. And then, and I just think about the scene from Requiem for a Dream right at the end. I think he lost an arm in that, but. Exactly. That's idea. exactly where my brain went, right? It was like Requiem <laughs> for the Dream. Right? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. One thing Um, I don't want to overlook though in this is the hook itself. So I mentioned before it's that droning on, but the way I say heroin is intentional. It's not an accident that I don't just say heroin and I say heroin because really the essence is like it's being the heroine of the story. So There's the idea of drugs and bringing up heroin, but I'm saying the heroin because it's actually saying I'm the heroine of my own story. I'm the hero or the heroine of my own story. So that is really intentional that I say it like that. And I don't, and I don't say heroin. I put an E at the end of it, the heroin, and I don't show the track marks. Yeah, makes sense. And it makes sense that is almost like a mantra that you got to repeat to yourself if you're going to make it through this drudge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have, exactly. You have to be the hero or the heroine of your own story. Yeah, makes sense. So then verse three, verse three is the only time in verses that you change the cadence. 
<laughs> I didn't listen when they wanted could be dangerous. I've been addicted since that first hit of angel dust. Now I'm up and down the coast with a term sheet, fixing for a lead. If you listen, hear them birds tweet. Tell me about that. So coming off the first two verses, we've established where this whole story is going. And the song has that repetitive nature to it. But to open that last verse, I'm also thinking here, it can have the repetitive nature. People can nod their head. But if they're going to keep listening for another, whatever it is, minute and a half, we got to change it up just a little bit for just a moment in time to get people like, oh yeah, this song is still going and I'm still interested in it. Not, I've just like completely tuned it out at this point. So that's where like we we dim the beat a little bit in that to open the verse. And it, again, it just, it, it changes that. And it's really just, I think it's just the two lines, right? And then it gets right back on beat, but it's just enough to like make you pay attention until we drop the, we drop the beat again with the Twitter reference. Yeah, totally. You hit it. It's a really good pattern interrupt, right? Because it does the, you change the cadence and then you completely stop the beat for however long the, and then the bird tweets. When I've shown this song to people, that part always just completely re-engages them, right? Like it's like what you mentioned this in another one of the, in another one of the, the tracks. It's not always about speeding up, sometimes by slowing down and sometimes by completely like Cha- changing the cadence, you're able to re-engage the the listener into the story. And I thought that was a really good example of it in those four lines there in that pre-verse thing. So here's a funny story. I was performing this live at Tech Chicago Week back in July of this year, 2023. And this is out at Navy Pier in Chicago. And like the acoustics in that room aren't the best. It's a huge ballroom, but the acoustics for live music are not the best. And one of the guys who was out in the crowd, it's like a performance and people are paying attention, but there's also like a lot of other things going on. So you don't necessarily have to be paying attention. So one of the guys, Chris Deutsch, he's an angel investor and he leads this group called Lofty Angels. He like, I noticed after we got to this part of the song, he started, he like was, he flooded to like near the front of the stage and was like nodding along with everything. And he told me afterwards, he was like, yeah, I know I heard music going on. And then I heard term sheet. And I was like, huh, what? And I immediately turned my head and started paying attention. <laughs> so it's it's like that just like direct word there of term sheet, right? It's a it's like the vocabulary of the startup game that an investor hears that and they're like, huh, what do we say? What are we saying about term sheets? And then so we bring them in and then we immediately hit with the, the bird tweeting sound, and then we kick it right back into gear after that. Yeah, and it's fixing for a lead. If you listen, hear them birds tweet, right? So it's got that's got a lot of meaning in there in just that one line, right? You need to get a lead investor in order to raise a capital, someone who's going to quote unquote lead the round and set the terms for the round that other investors can get in on if they also want to invest. So we come off the previous line, right? I'm up and down the coast with a term sheet. What do people do? They literally travel up and down the east or the west coast to raise capital, or I'll make the case they should be traveling up and down the Midwest coast quote unquote, to raise capital. But that is what happens, right? You think about, let's think about the East Coast here. People are like, oh, I'm going to go anywhere from New York down to Florida to try and find the right investors. So you're trying to, you're up and down the coast because you've got you've got the term sheet in hand, quote unquote. You're looking for that lead investor. If you listen, hear them birds tweet, what do people do? They literally go on Twitter and they 
they try to find investors or they're like, oh, what investor is talking about this? Maybe I can reach out to them based off of a tweet they posted, or maybe I can post my company and tag them and get them to take a look. So it's a literal, like it's, or not the literal, it's, it's the software version of Bird's Tweet and Twitter or X now, I should say. But then also a bird is another reference to the drug game. So it, again, it plays on that duality and just helps carry the metaphor through even into that line. Yeah. Yeah. And fixing for a leader, right? Getting the fix. Yeah. And getting the fix for it too. And then this last verse three is so full of pop culture references. At the port of Miami, meeting with a Cuban, kilos at the door. Hello, Newman. It's a hundred degrees, but this a cold case. Watch the fever sweats turn him to a ghost face. Don't tease me, please, because if you offer taste, soon I'm holding up a spoon, asking for the frosted flakes. It's like Sean White coming down the half pipe, searching every blockchain, filling up a crack pipe. I think like this to me is the most kind of like commercial verse of, I think anybody could like listen to this and be like, oh my God, this is great. You want to mm-hmm. talk me through it? Yeah. So we come off the birds tweeting and we go at the port of Miami meeting with a Cuban. So you're a Miami native. Oh right? dude, that that's the term sheet thing. That's happened to me there at like port of Miami meeting with a Cuban. I'm a, I'm a half Cuban from Miami. Yeah. <laughs> there are many Cubans in Miami, but also it's like a capital C. Granted, you, you do that anyways to talk about Cuban people, but mm-hmm. It's it's meeting with it's also it's saying Cuban people, but also it's a it's is it Mark Cuban that I'm talking about? Yeah, or, so, or you're in a meeting smoking a cigar with some like, yeah white nose. exactly something like that, which I'm sure happens a lot. There. Yeah. <laughs> so at the port of Miami, meeting with a Cuban. This next part is probably my second favorite line. Kilos at the door. Hello, Newman. That's the idea. We're slinging this dope, but Newman from Seinfeld, right? Anytime he's at the door, Jerry swings the door open. And he goes, "Hello, Newman." Yeah. And Newman himself is a heavy set man. So that's the kilos that are at the door is him. It works on a few different levels there. And then we just start to hit some of the some of the obsession thing, right? It's a hundred degrees, but this a cold case. Watch the fever sweats turn him to a ghost face. Like you almost get pale from all of this stuff. Don't tease me, please, because if you offer taste, soon I'm holding up a spoon asking for the frosted flakes. So that idea of one taste and you're addicted, right? One hit mm-hmm. and you're addicted. Frosted flakes. You can think of, obviously it's cereal. Think about it as another word for drug. At least I'm creating that term for drugs kind of thing. Yeah. And then we just start to directly hit it. It's like Sean White coming down the half pipe. So that's early in verse one, we talk about Lindsey Vaughn zigzagging down the slope. So that's your first snow reference. Now on the back end, we have Sean White and another snow reference, right? So snowman, right? All that stuff, snow powder, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But then the next lines searching every blockchain, filling up a crack pipe. So you're literally like you're searching everywhere you can to find this. While even though you're searching everywhere you can, you feel chained to the concept of it to try to fill up your quote unquote crack pipe. But at the same time, I'm also giving a nod to blockchain, like the Web3 concept, right? Building things on the blockchain. So searching every blockchain, but blockchain, searching every blockchain, trying to find where am I going to get this investor from or where am I going to get this investment from? It's such like a multiple layer of name recognition, right? As the layman that's just listening for the first time, you're just like, Frosted Flakes, Sean White, blockchain, right? Like <laughs> it, it just got, it's got these like perfect 
word hooks in it that is so universal throughout the whole thing with the hello Newman and all that stuff. And then you just kind of, you just end this strong, right? Like you just, I remember when you texted me, it was just like that beat drop when the, when you order the quarter pound. Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Talk to um, you about that one. Okay. So we come into the quarter pound thing off of the swear this, it starts to like really hit hard too in these last four bars, yeah. right? The way the cadence goes. Swear this the last time, keep me from the joke, man. Hold the Pepsi, I'm sniffing out the Coke can. But I'm a spider crawling up the water spout. Miggy D's, man, I'm ordering a quarter pound. Those two bars, like the, they hit in a more intense way. Funny thing, actually, the hold the Pepsi, I'm sniffing out the Coke can. I actually should have made that say I'm sipping out the Coke can. <laughs> the original lyric was supposed to be something like, if it's a Pepsi taste test, I'll sniff out, like I'll, meaning like I'll, I'll be able to find which one is the Coke in the Pepsi taste test. Mm. And I tried four different ways to try and make it work, but I just couldn't fit it into a single line to where it was going to make sense. So that's where I went back to and just made it hold the Pepsi. I'm sniffing out the Coke can, but I actually just forgot to update sniffing to sipping. Because it doesn't make as much sense, but I think you still get the point because you sniff Coke. Yeah. But that's and, just a funny, if, if we're really doing behind the music on this stuff, it was, I was supposed to change that lyric and I just forgot to change it from sniffing to sipping. So it stayed sniffing. Yeah. I, and, and to your point of, is it the Pepsi taste test? If you're sniffing out the Coke and you're able to identify it. Yeah. And when you're doing Coke, you're sniffing, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it really would have made sense in the original version. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But in the way it ended up playing out, I just literally forgot to cross out sniffing and write sipping over it when I was recording. And then we finish, right? But I'm a spider crawling up the water spout. Mickey D's, man, I'm ordering a quarter pound. And that to me just hits so hard where we drop the beat and we finish on that nice like quarter pound, ounces, pounds of rock, that kind of stuff. But also that's reasonable. Your first round of capital could be a quarter pound, which would be what? $250,000 that you raise. So all of that, all that works into that last line. And the fact that we drop the beat there allows that line to hit. And then the beat comes right back in for the hook. And you're just like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great, dude. You did it a lot in these last four lines, but it's something I wanted to talk about. This is the, this feels like the song that you do the most voice character like a varied voice character right like you're like really talking like this and they're like mm -hmm. but i'm a fighter right like you you vary your voice a lot in this one is that something how, how do you think about that when it comes to this stuff do you feel like you're a voice actor at times when you're rapping yeah i'm i'm actually i'm really conscious of how my voice is coming off in every song mm -hmm. and in different parts of every song too so for this one I knew it needed to have that gritty feeling to it. So I'm like, all right, let me get into my grizzle here and let me get into my baritone and really make that come off. And even in that grizzle, like you said, that second to last line, but I'm a spider crawling up the water spout. It has a little bit of sing-songiness to it because what like the itsy bitsy spider crawled up the water spout is a nursery rhyme. And so you have to like create... You have to create that sort of connection, I feel, to make a line like that really work in the way that you want it to. And just if you play around with your voice at the right parts, then it keeps people interested too. Even like Kilos at the Door, it wasn't, hello, Newman. It was, 
Hello, Newman, which is how Jerry says it. So those kinds of things are very intentional. And this song throughout having that more grizzle vibe to it with the voice is also intentional. But like a lot of it, too, I'll say is. Once you hear a beat. You may want to do something different, but you actually can't because of the beat, right? Because of the note that the beat is in or the tone that it's in. I, I don't even think if I tried, I could do thankless in like a grizzly voice. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And it shouldn't be, right? Because it's a more upbeat song in nature. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. This is a gritty beat. And then at the end, the last thing I want to bring up on this is I thought this song was done. And then you decided to add this background lyrics behind the last hook. That honestly, right now that I'm reading them, I'm just like, oh man, I didn't even know that you were saying all this stuff. I'm trying to get the fast start, heroin, and now show the track mark. To me, it just sounded, it just added an extra layer, but what made you think of doing this stuff? And are they meant to be, are these lyrics meant to be heard and understood? Or is it supposed to feel like the dribbles of a madman as you're like going through this thing? I actually think it's both, right? So we kick up the beat in the end there, right? You don't just have the bass beat. Now you have that. So it gets more intense as the song closes out. Mm-hmm. And then, so as the intensity builds, I think the hook has to build as well. I could just drone it out and just do just the hook, even as the intensity builds, but then I think it's missing something. Yeah. So the idea is the intensity keeps building by to the end of the song, but then the character keeps spiraling more and more out of control along with that intensity building. And then this, this these background lyrics are like the like the running thoughts in his head, in the person's head. And it's like the, almost you find yourself like talking to yourself, that kind of thing. But, yeah. and look, it's all about continuing to be obsessed, right? Whether an ounce or a mountain, I need a fast start. And if you doubt and I'm counting to hide the track marks, dollars or pounds, if you mouth it, I'll take the fast start. It's, and each line is actually different because you're getting like more and more into that maddening state that you can't seem to escape. It's like this, this, this vicious cycle, or again, this spiraling out of control. What the creative technique, I actually don't remember the name of it, but I was inspired by one of the songs from Hamilton where there's the song where it's Samuel Seabury talking about how like we all need to heed the King and there's no point in like revolution, but Hamilton is like responding to that while. So Samuel Seabury is singing and Hamilton is rapping while he's singing and they meet at the same words at the end of almost every line. So it'll be like, heed not the rebel who screams revolution. And Hamilton's have you all are reveling that the sounds of the revolution, right? They meet on the, they meet on the last word of each line, even though they're saying two different things, which I know was inspired from a Shakespearean technique from Hamilton was inspired. Or Lin Manuel was inspired from a Shakespearean technique, so that's what inspired the way to do this ending part, where 
fast start and track marks hits at the end of every line. But how we're getting there, you have the hook that's overlaid, which is what you've heard already. And then underneath that, you have these extra lines of the almost like the muttering to myself kind of thing, but it meets at the last word of each line with fast start and track marks every time. And I also figure by this point in the song, you already know what the hook is. So you have something extra to listen for, right? You don't need to, you, you, and because the hook is so basic, you figured it out. There's nothing, you can hear it again. And if you don't listen to it, you're not missing anything. So now by the end, it makes sense to bring in this, this babbling, if you will, about, about being addicted and, and whatnot. And you can listen for just that if you want to, because you already know what the hook is. This is one of those moments where I'm like super pumped that we're doing this conversation, man, because I, I love this song and I love this part in this song and finding out that it's like this like cool thing that just sounds cool while you're hearing like the powder and you're <laughs> vibing to it. But the amount of thought and the amount of care that you put behind the last 10 seconds of a song in a 35 minute album or whatever is, I don't know, man, like connecting to this level of creativity to me is really inspiring, man. I'm really happy we talked about that. And I'm really pumped that you decided to put the like whispering powder circling around the ears thing because I love that part. Like, that part, I'm just like, when I finish the song, I just, the rest of the day, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. And remember, we were like in the post production, we were like, let's pan that. Let's have yeah. it bounce from the left to the right speaker. So it really does feel like it's spiraling around you. And if you're in a car driving, I don't know if you'll hear it as much, depending on if you have your windows open or not, like then you probably won't be catch it. But if you got headphones on, you, you 100% feel that. <laughs> yeah. And you're almost like looking it, left to as you hear that. You're like, who said that? Wanting to experience that earnestly is one of the reasons I bought Beats headphones. <laughs> <laughs> no I was like, it's prime day. I've been wanting to hear this like in a really good quality. <laughs> <laughs> That's a compliment that I'll take. 